0: This is probably my, my first time I've given any kind of a, a talk on biblical things other than eulogies several decades ago, so uh, and I have, a, I have a tough audience, right? You know, there's a lot of depth here, <laughs> um, but I'll do my best. Uh, in my regular occupation, uh, I, I do international business, and something new that I'm doing is commercializing technology. And you know, I wonder if it's something uh, it's late in the game that I'm getting into. And some, one of my colleagues said, no, Mel, not at all. Uh, someone who commercialized technology, you have to be a very good generalist. And you need some life experience. So guys coming out of college and university can't do it. you got to know a lot. A lot, but not to an expert level, but about but everything. So, I don't know, I guess that's sort of confidence, jack of all trades, there is a future <laughs> for some of us. Um, so, this talk isn't entirely neutral, it's, well actually, let me, uh, so that's the title, because uh, I wanted people to turn up, I didn't want it to be a, a snooze fest, <laughs> so, but this is really what it's about, reconciling our Christian faith with scientific fact and growth, and um, Maybe I should put a comma in there somewhere so I'll get some uh, English teachers talking to me laughter. But, um, um, you know, uh, Christian faith, the, the the Bible's been the same for a long time. Uh, and a lot of books written about the Bible, but the Bible's the same. Uh, and like the song says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But science keeps growing and growing and growing. And it surprises us. Uh, I remember in the 80s, uh, you know, starting out driving cars. And, uh, you know, should we get a car with electric windows or not? No, the more gadgets you have, the more things that can go wrong. But now that's just, you know, uh, it's just uh, almost uh, compulsory. What's the word? Anyway. Essential. Essential parts of things. And things don't... uh, Some of the things that used to fall apart before they they keep running, you know. And (laughs) science keeps... (laughs) science keeps uh, surprising us um, you, you know but as, as believers there's a sometimes a conflict in our mind in our hearts and mind with our Christian faith and science and you know we have the citadel of faith inside and outside we have the juggernaut of science coming at us so what do we do well let's start with a prayer um, Lord God, who has left us your holy word to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our steps. Give unto us all your Holy Spirit that out of the same word we may learn what is your eternal will and frame our lives in all holy obedience to the same, to your glory and honor and the increase of our faith through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So there's some little subtopics through here, so we're going to move along pretty quickly, obviously, uh, and try and have a conclusion. Uh, The fourth is really the punchline, so if some of you want to leave, you could, Uh, and then hopefully we won't end, we'll um, uh, we'll end okay. (laughs) So the first is, uh, yeah, Christian faith versus science. You know, I give speeches all the time uh, abroad, but it's things I know about, manufacturing, so I don't do PowerPoints, (laughs) but this has been a really good exercise, I I tell you. So the thing is, uh, you know, the divide between faith and, um, or Christian faith and science is it unabridgable, particularly the two communities of, you know, faith versus science. Uh, Are they in perpetual conflict? You know, there's a lot of political division in the world, which is just not going to get together. Uh, Do we have to choose sides? Um, Or you don't have to choose sides whatsoever. Uh, And I see, you know, four options. You might see more. Let me know. So, oh, I should just talk about this. So the first choice is you choose religion, you reject science technology. I mean, there's really a picture of um, equilibrium and harmony. These are people that are not looking to increase their portfolio by 10%. Next year. Um, They're not going to push nature beyond what it can do. And I I just have a lot of respect for those people. Um, So that's one option. The second is uh, reject God, embrace materialism and science. Uh, There's a quotation there you can look at. Now, Dr. John Lennox was a renowned professor, scientist, and Christian apologist from Oxford. Um, And actually, this is a quote within a quote. So he's quoting Richard Levantonen, a biologist biologist from Harvard University, a geneticist, in in this quote anyway. Um, So I'll read a little bit of that. We take the side of science in spite of the patent absurdity of some of its constructs in spite of its failure to fulfill many of its exe- extravagant promises of health and life, in spite of the tolerance of the scientific community for unsubstantiated just-so stories, because we have a prior commitment, a commitment to materialism. So that's the priori materialism that you see. So a lot of scientists, not every, but, you know, their atheism comes first and it's a driver um, behind their science um, not to say that there isn't good science or bad science or good faith or bad faith but some of these things you can say about the uh, about the the faith community as well <clears throat> it's not that the methods and institutions of science somehow compel us to accept a material explanation of the phenomenon phenomenal world but on the contrary we are forced by our priori adherence to material causes to create an apparatus of investigation and a set of concepts that produced material explanations, no matter how counterintuitive, no matter how mystifying to the initiated. Moreover, that materialism is absolute, for we cannot allow a divine foot in the door. Okay. So, that's that side. That's the second. The third is becoming very popular. Um, be spiritual, mistrust science. Uh, These are people that have abandoned mainstream religion and denominations. They describe describe themselves as spiritual, but not belonging to the generally accepted fakes of the world. Uh, Now, this is from a very recent National Post article. You can see in the picture, uh, as you can see in the picture, there's a new trend where women give birth at home instead of the hospital. There is no midwife, or other health professional present, the only assistance is from a partner or other family re- relations. They reject um, vaccines. We shockingly see the return of polio in developed countries. So there have been some um, deaths, obviously with, and it's been quite widespread. Now you say, you know what, what kind of people are these well? Um, they're younger than the average population and possess generally good education and higher incomes. Uh, now, choosing only their personal perceptions, feelings, and experience as a guide while well, you know the source. And you have no one to blame but if you fail. But, more importantly, if you succeed, you got it. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right? So, uh, y- you know, uh, so Western-style Buddhist New Age variants And there's agnostics and atheists in the mix as well. The third one is uh, reconciling your Christian faith and science. Uh, This is probably the loneliest of choices. Um, There's not much companionship here. And in this position, you can be challenged and vulnerable to attack from all sides. So whether you're in the business world, Uh, Working in the scientific community, sometimes you can never say something that's right. Uh, Performing Christian ministry or charity or any skilled or unskilled trade, But there can be advantages. You can be associated and break bread with all kinds of people from very different backgrounds and opinions. You can hold your own in some debates. Some you can't. Um, One of the wonderful features about this choice is that most things have not been reconciled, you know. Um, So you have a hunger to find out more from the world around you. There's a freedom to say, I don't know. I never thought about that. What do you think? How do you arrive at that? Creation and time. So... Uh, from biblical references, we know that time between Adam and the birth of Christ was roughly 4,000 years. Uh, from other historical records, we know that Christ was born roughly 2,000 years ago. Since Adam was created on the sixth day of the creation, we conclude that the earth and the entire universe and everything in it was created approximately 6,000 years ago. This is a common idea among evangelicals. Um, then p uh, Second Peter weighs into this conversation. Says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. Well, if we apply this literally, then we get a bonus 6,000 years, and we double it to 12,000. <laughs> so
1: <laughs>
0: so you see a, a, a couple of pictures of um, some very old things. So here in the white... Mountains of um, uh, California is a bristlecone pine called Methuselah, and it's over 4,848 years old. Um, And others in that forest are over 5,000. Now, this Charlie Brown Christmas tree over here in uh, Sweden's Fulafalajet mountain, (laughs) that's a Norway spruce. So don't get a Norway spruce for Christmas, whatever you do. Now, it doesn't look like much, but this little tree is an estimated 9,550 years old. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And how do they tell? They take a core sample and they count the rings, right? It's it's science. It's quite empirical. You can't argue with that. So if you look at a uh, 6,000 Earth or universe, it's a little troubling, you know? And yeah. But we have to reconcile it. So, okay. So let's. This is one of my favorite sayings. You know, it's probably been said by someone else before, and uh, there's no copyright on it. Uh, entropy is inevitable. Um, now, the word entropy has two definitions if you look it up. Uh, there's kind of a general definition and a physics one, which is very involved. It's about um, thermo dynamics and um, the degree of disorder and randomness and so on. Um, the general one that we can probably all relate to is gradual decline into disorder, a market where entropy reigns supreme, deterioration, degeneration, crumbling, decline, degree uh, Anyway, life is a struggle against entropy. So what this means is everything the universe breaks down becomes more simple and tired, There's no everlasting life in the physical universe observed so far, or life out there for that matter. Uh, External forces can reverse entropy temporarily, but with time, entropy wins. Uh, Lazarus eventually died. Uh, There are single-celled plants and animals that have lived for billions of years, reproducing by division, but when our sun goes supernova, they'll go too. So they'll confront entropy as well. Um, Chemical elements such as carbon also break down in age. Um, So now we're going to talk about carbon dating a little bit, and um, I'll try and explain that. Uh, Isotopes. So isotopes are kind of like stages in in human life. So humans go from fetus, baby, infant, teenager, etc. So in chemical elements, these are known as isotopes. So, they can tell by what it is, uh, how many of this kind of isotope or that kind of isotope, how old something is. Um, so, that's how they measure age. Now,
1: am I going the right way? Yeah.
0: So, carbon 14 is a radioactive isotope of. Carbon with a half-life of 5,730 years old. Uh, Eventually, it decays and becomes nitrogen, if you leave it long enough. Um, The carbon-14 dating limit lies around uh, 58,000 years, 62,000 years. And um, there are many methods and variants of this, and it has become more and more accurate. And some of the tracks I've read you know, um, back in the 70s, would not carbon dating, but it's become pretty good. Uh, there's different variations, so they triangulate, just like you find someone emitting a radar, um, um, uh, using a radio somewhere. Okay, now there's other things. There's uranium thorium dating method, um, and it has a this. Two compounds, uranium two hundred and thirty-four to two hundred and thirty. It's a substance with a half-life of eighty thousand years. You know, so um, they can measure things within a few hundred thousand years. And then you've got rubidium-strontium, and it's got a half-life of fifty billion years. And you know, give or take error of thirty-fifty million years. <laughs> yeah. So, and then there's all these, and and variations of this. So, you know, depending, um, I mean, scientific fact on age and stuff always changes, but it does get, science just does get more accurate with time. It, it does tend to build. Now, now uh, if you're a Christian whose fate, Fate and faith pivoted on 6,000-year-old universe. How do you handle this juggernaut? You know, how, how do you do that? Um, and along with that, how do you process the hostility towards Christians from those claiming scientific understanding? How do we deal if humans create simple synthetic life in the laboratory? This has already happened, and it's not big news. Um... I think it's over six or seven years ago. They took a very simple bacteria, hollowed it out, um, it had a very simple DNA. They created one from scratch, put it in, it fired up. Okay. Um, recently, they did a whole virus from scratch, like from scratch, and and it worked. And again, it's not big news. I'm I'm surprised why, but again, it's it's not really creating life, it's manipulating life, uh, but it may happen one day, and you have to say, okay, h- how are you going to deal with that, right? So, um, I'll, I'll just talk about life in the universe, but I think about that, this is life, or intelligent life out there. Um, I think science sometimes, or some scientists, or some people who think they understand science get quite enraptured about the idea because the universe is so vast you Carl Sagan and others you've seen the numbers you know with so many you know um, millions and billions of galaxies somewhere there's got to be you know one in you know uh, you know fifty million there's got to be you know uh, there's got to be fifty million planets like ours so one of them's got to have it so there's a hundred percent chance that there's life out there but um, we see how difficult it is to create life in a controlled laboratory. Of course, it's life as we don't understand it and stuff, but I I think the scientific answer is there's no proof that there's life out there. But as Christians, we should also be prepared for the thing, or, or, or any person, there might be. But scientifically speaking, there really isn't. Water is not an organic compound. You can mix water and minerals all you like. You don't get... Those complex things which follow that make the foundation again the, the the spark of life. Where does it come from? Maybe it can happen out there. Maybe God's doing other work. We don't know. All right. Um, well, this is where I like to be. I guess men are from Mars, so you know the fourth orbit. I, I choose. <laughs> And, and so it, it goes like this. What I believe, and I, I'm sorry to interject the word I, because this is a lot of, I'm sharing my, my own way. Uh, there's no conflict between the word of God and science. Um, or you can state it as there will be one day no conflict between the word of God and science. Or if God were saying there shall be no <laughs> conflict between the word of God and science. Uh, we just don't know it yet I uh, can't prove anything but that that's my faith now the supporting thing that I say is well either the biblical interpretation is misapplied or the science is premature so if there isn't um, uh, a, a sync between the two um, or you can even if you want to be more edgy you can say that the interpretation wrong and the science is bad I think it's perfectly okay to say that Uh, I mean there's a lot more people that much more qualified to speak on uh, interpreting the Bible to know when something is poetry, when something is history, when something is direct interpretation and we should allow the time in our lives to uh, figure it out or let it speak to us so we know what it is so that's really my punchline, as I was saying. Uh, now, back to Sunday school teachers. Uh, I don't know, did any of you see these Jack-Chick tracks? Oh, oh yes. yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. I mean, can you read it to us? Oh, sure. It, it says, and I will say to my soul, soul thou hast much good laid up for many years, take thine Ease, eat, drink, and be merry, Luke twelve nineteen.
1: Um,
0: so he had a number of tracts uh, really encouraging people to come to faith and not live a life of riotous living and uh, and, and be proper and so on. And um, uh, he, he, he passed away two years ago. I didn't even know that. Um, now, this was issued 2002, but... I mean, I saw this in the mid-70s, so he's been writing stuff, yeah. So, and I think, before he passed away, he's written tracks on Muslims and LGBT and uh, lots of things, Catholics and, yeah, Catholics as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: um,
1: so, I
0: mean, but, I'll just give you a little taste of this, but uh, these were lying around in Sunday school, you know. they. they, they I mean, Got them. Oh my
1: God. There you go. Can
0: you read them? Oh, sure. It says, but God said unto him, thou fool, this is night thy soul shall be required of thee. It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment.
1: Yeah.
0: I think he had once called the, the big spender and so on. And these were handed out in prisons and a lot of uh, terrible places, which I think was very good. But you know, uh, as young boys, we'd get this one saying, you know, the big spender. I'm going, wow, that looks kind of good with a pipe and a <laughs> nice curvy car and all that. It was a little distracting, you know. And, um, and marvel not at this, for the hour is coming. In in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. Um, and shall come forth. Well, anyway, you can say, what's happening? (laughs) It's all over, but he wasn't expecting it. I don't know. Your clean underwear won't help you. Okay. He also tackles uh, evolution. How many of you believe in evolution? Uh, We do, sir. Anyone disagree? little voice in the back says, I do, sir. And then comes the hostility. You can get out of my class, blah, 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 blah. So, I
1: don't know. So...
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, fair enough. Well,
1: <laughs>
0: I think, uh, well, like, oh. Um, yeah, it's talking about, um, Bob, are you telling me that dinosaurs and man were both created the same day? That's what, the, that's what God's Word tells us. Man, that's too hard to swallow. Jason, there are photos of men's footprints walking next to dinosaur footprints. They were found in Glen Rose, Texas. God doesn't lie. <laughs> so uh, I have to agree with Jack Chick that God doesn't lie and uh, w- one of my closest friends I said, you know, uh, because I was running into the carbon dating problem and I, I was in that six year thing and, and carbon dating and all this other uh, technology was beginning to age things and, um, so he said to me, well, well maybe God just makes it look that way and that, uh, I remember telling him, no, God doesn't lie. Why would he create <laughs> false things? So um, anyway, this, uh, just to let you know, the more research and stuff found that it wasn't human. Right. Um, <laughs> <for> <laughs> so, um, th- there's a video. like It's an animated video. It's only three minutes long. And hopefully we'll get some sound <laughs> out of it. Uh, Is he
1: smoking?
0: no it's it's the firmament but the breath of the creator fluttered against the face of the void whispering
1: let there be light and light was and it was good the first day and then the formless light began to take on substance
0: it's like the big boom isn't it the big bang
1: our world was born a beautiful fragile home and a great warming light its days. And a lesser light ruled the nights. And there was evening, big morning, another day. And the waters of the world gathered together. And in their midst emerged dry land. Another day passed. And the ground put forth the growing things. A thick blanket of green stretching across all creation waters, too, teem with life, great creatures of the teeth that are no more, vast multitudes of fish, some of which may still swim beneath these seas. And soon, the sky was streaming with birds, and there was evening, and there was morning, a fifth day. Now the whole world was full of living beings, everything that creeps, everything that crawls, and every beast that walks upon the ground. And it was good. It was all good of light and air and water and soil, all clean and unspoiled, your plants and fish and fowl and beasts, each after their own kind, all part of the greater whole, all in their place, and all was in balance, it was paradise, the jewel of the creator's palm. And the creator made man, and by his side woman, father and mother of us all, he gave them a choice. Follow the temptation of the darkness or hold on to the blessing of light. They ate from the forbidden fruit. Their innocence is extinguished. So, for the ten generations since Adam's sin has walked within us. Brother against brother, nation against nation, man against creation. We murdered each other. We broke the world. We did this. Man did this. Everything that was beautiful, everything that was good, we shattered. Hmm. Uh, So
0: evolution of hostility, so um, I've thought long and hard about why uh, scientists um, or atheistic scientists or agnostic scientists have some hostility towards Christianity because they get pretty riled up. When you know, go up a couple of octaves, when that comes into the conversation, and part of it is a—I don't, I don't want to call it PTSD—but I think a little boy growing up who loves science, parents say you need a good education, study hard at school, um, and he begins to admire some of the scientists and he reads about them, they become as heroes. Um, and then, and what happens to his heroes? Uh, you know, there are, uh, and starting with philosophers, you know, the precursor to to scientists, because everything starts with, with an idea. Um, the burning of libraries, um, being exiled from church and community, if you didn't follow what the church wanted to do. Uh, not just picking on the, the Christian church, I'm sure... That in um, all faiths around the world, um, Hinduism, um, Islam, a- a- any scientific mind wanted to step out, were often uh, squashed or, you know, tortured or terrible things. So, what happens? It- it's it's like reading about your uh, ancestor. Being treated that way, because the hero kind of becomes part of his um, memory, uh, his genetic memory in a way. Uh, you know, don't take me literally here, but uh, so as they grow up, you know, they they have this animosity. Um, and I, I I just recently been traveling a couple of weeks in China and one week in India and, and turned on the TV. And there is a sad So he's one of these Hindu gurus, but he's kind of pop. You know, he's got the beard and everything. He's got some young people there. And, and uh, he was taking a swipe at organized religion, but it was clearly Christianity. And uh, uh, people take, they take Christianity, simplify it to very crude elements, and then attack it. Um, there's a lot more to the Christian faith. We know that, uh, and there's a just as is there's a lot to science, uh, which is study of God's creation. Um, but that's where that hostility comes from. Now, on the Christian community or Christian experience, tools kill. You know, Cain killed Abel. Do we know? I don't think we know exactly how. He, he killed him. Uh, and his blood spilled on the ground, so he had some kind of device, some kind of technology, some kind of tool. Um, industry creates idols, so as soon as humans as we read in the Bible develop metallurgy, they make idols to worship. Um, technology propagates sin, so going into um, uh, you know, roman greco Roman times people have free time technology allows people to have more leisure there's also more sin and depravity and medicine an insult to god i i, I think uh some christians feel that way mm-hmm. yeah. you know and i'm talking more in a historical sort of context so there is this back and forth between the, the, the two um and it's Very very really difficult to reconcile between the two communities Um, But I think where we can start is in in our own heads Um, And part of this is is understanding science and understanding our faith
1: Okay,
0: and I'm just moving along here. Okay so this is my conclusion so uh, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have I- eternal life. So that that's always my reset. Uh, when, I, when I'm when i pulled this way or that way, it's way this way or that way, I can always, it's kind of a cliche, but I can always come back to, to this. Um, I, I want to point that this also points to other things. Uh, we're going to be Um, If we we talk about synthetic human beings created in the future, aliens from other planets, who knows? I think if they come from this universe, they're created in this universe in whatever shape and form, if they understand sin, then Christ died for them. So that's the end. (coughs) Thank you,